Welcome, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. You're listening to I Couldn't Help But Podcast, an unofficial Sex in the City podcast, hosted by Paige Clarno and Joe Daniel Montalongo. <laughs> Why are you yelling? <laughs> I'm trying to be loud for the microphone. That was funny. <laughs> yeah. Hi, everybody. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Did you miss us? Because I definitely miss you guys. I definitely miss you, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I miss you too, babe. And I mean, the listeners that don't talk back to us. Those were those are great people too. My boyfriend talks back to me, and that's fine. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> <laughs> How have you been? What's going on? Have you enjoyed the hiatus? Um, the hiatus was a little rough for me. A lot of stuff went down. Um, I finally filed for divorce. Like, actually got him to sign the paperwork and filed it. And um, so while I had the paperwork and I hadn't filed it yet, I kind of turned into a shit show. And then I turned in the paperwork and then I was more of a shit show and then um, a week and a half later because Reno um, (laughs) the paperwork actually went through and the reason that I found out about it is because Chad um, texted me and he said "Uh, hey I guess it went through already and I was like what I checked the website um, two days ago and it wasn't even on yet and he said yeah I guess it's, it's gone through already and I got something in the mail. I um, couldn't check my mail because Drunk Paige had broken the mailbox key because she's a shit show. Right. Um, So I didn't know about it, and so he had to tell me. And so I said I was sorry, and it was really, really rough. Um, But a couple hours after, I I had heard and I had felt all of the feelings I was walking home, and I walked home a different way. Anybody who knows Reno knows, like, around where the food co-op is downtown and how it's, like, super cute, and there's not a lot of street lights, but there's a lot of trees, and it's just really nice. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was just kind of thinking about it, and I got really calm, and I thought about how now all of my... all of my choices, all the things that I do from here on out are my own. Like, if I decide that I want to continue to be a shit show, which I haven't been, but if I decide to continue to be a shit show, it's not going to affect anyone but me. Mm. And I've never had that before. Like, I went from living in my mom's house and being worried about what she thought of me to moving in with Chad and living with him. And I got home, and for the first time, I called this apartment home. Like, I really felt like I was coming here for the first time. Like, this is actually where I live now. Which is weird, considering that, like, I've been here for a year and a half. So... So was it just a, oh, I'm living here separate from my husband. Mm -hmm. I'm... This is where I live. Yeah. And I quite literally ran away. Like, this apartment came up and I was moved in within a week of knowing about it and knowing that we were that we were separating and so I didn't really have time to like process it as a home and I just moved in you know parts of things and now I actually feel like I live here and it's kind of been sort of like a calming like freeing but calming like it's a really it's a weird thing like I don't feel like I need to go out and be like woohoo I'm single and have drinks or anything right but like I feel settled i feel calm and it's such a weird i didn't expect to feel this way 
but it's been nice. And like, I haven't even like ever since I knew that it went through, I haven't felt the need to go on to the dating sites. Like I feel like where I'm at is fine and it's pretty awesome. So how do you feel that way? Congratulations. Yeah. So it's kind of nice. How about you, Joe? How's your relationship? It's good. I was gone for about a week and a half and first of all, fuck the Midwest. Yes. All of it. Always. All of it. Like, no, don't fuck the people. No. Like, there might be some good people sprinkled in, but in terms of location and what it has to offer, fuck it. Mm-hmm. Specifically, Wyoming, Missouri, and Nebraska. Other places, I'm like, okay, cool. Like, Iowa was a little bit pretty, but outside of that, fuck it. Fuck it all. Terrible. But while I was gone, it was nice to just take some time to breathe. I didn't have any single plan any day, except like the days that we were driving, because it was a road trip that I went on. That was the only plan, but it was nice to talk to one of my close friends just about everything that's going on in her life, everything that's going on in my life. And we're similar in terms of how we view relationships, but we have very different ideals on how to go about relationships. So she looks for different things than I do. She would approach situations differently than I would. Even though we feel very similar that they're not the end-all be-all. We're not trying to get there as soon as we can. Having a married partner isn't isn't the dream goal for us. It's If we find someone that's on the same path as we are in our life, that's fantastic. That's amazing. I'm glad we're on the ship together. But I'm not actively seeking someone to walk by my side. And that's how I feel about it. So it was just super nice to have these conversations. I just like having... Especially like since starting this podcast, mm-hmm. I, I'm just interested in what how people view things because it's helped me learn. It's helped me view different perspectives. That I, whereas I was like, nope, I'm very determined on this path. This is how things need to be done. Especially for me, I'm a little bit more lenient. I'm a little bit more open to other ideas now, and that's just through conversation. That's just through seeing what people, seeing how relationships affect people when you're no longer a me, you're a we. And that's, that's kind of what this episode goes into, which was really weird because I was like, listen, the show happened 20 <laughs> years ago, but there are certain things that yeah. are still very, like, like this relevant. is how couples work. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I felt that too. Like, there are certain parts of this episode where I was like, this is freaking crazy how much it is it is lining up with my, my life at the moment. And, you know, spoiler alert, they break up again. So, <laughs> like, it's it's having it line up with my paperwork being filed and my divorce going through is kind of crazy considering that Big and Carrie still end up together, you know? Yeah, so it's just... So it's just weird. It's like icky feeling. It's like sitting in jello. I don't like it. <laughs> um, it was also super interesting because I, I think one of my flaws is that I take people for granted just mostly because I'm like, oh, it, I view people as like a comfort zone or a safety net. So I'm like, despite all the opportunities or adventures that I'm taking, I can always fall back on people. And it's not a, it's not a negative thing. It's not me like thinking less of people. It's always like, oh, I'm very secure in these relationships, hmm. like with my family, with my friends, with my boyfriend. That I'm like, I don't need to stress out about those because I think I believe those are fine, and I know those people will be there for me. But then just being gone, I was like, ooh, like, and it happened with certain people, but specifically my boyfriend, which was one that surprised me most, just because I'm like, oh, we're independent of each other, we're still dating. Hmm. We're in this relationship, but we don't depend on each other for certain things. And when I was just gone, I was like, "Oh, I don't know." I was, I was like, "Oh, I had nothing to do." And I was like, "Oh, I wish, I wish my boyfriend was here because we could go to yeah. this park and just go look around, or like that every night." So I was like, 
I, I miss it. I just want to cuddle with him or like watch something silly. Or it would and be you super don't even nice like cuddling. And I don't. I don't oh like cuddling. Oh my god, that's and, cute. Yeah, and I was like, oh, this is weird. I did not expect to feel all of this. <laughs> so then I like told my boyfriend, who was just like grinning super big. Of course. And that's one of my favorite things about him because he has a cute smile. He does. But his grin, especially like just hearing like things that I like about him or just like all the good things I have to say about him he has this like quiet grin that like starts and then it just gets super big into like this cheesy grin <laughs> it's my absolute favorite thing to see Cute. and I was like that, I miss that I like that and I'm glad that my feelings were able to bring that up in him Oh, you guys are adorable fucking Ugh. stop it hate him <laughs> so are you ready to dive into this episode I'm ready awesome. Paige told me at the beginning that this episode was weird and that we weren't gonna have a lot to say about it and then we watched it and then we were both just like wow actually yeah. I mean I to be fair I only remember the B plot so <laughs> um, this is season 2 episode 12 La Douleur Exquisite I have no idea um, if I said that right or not. It's French for you need like more the, throat ex- gargle. the exquisite um, pain. Pain. Thank you. Um, the synopsis is a shoe salesman with a foot fetish helps Charlotte reach new levels of sensuality. That's the fucking creepy part. Uh, <laughs> and Miranda meets a guy who likes to quote unquote do it in public. That's literally what it says. Guy who likes to do it in public. This this summary book needs to step its pussy up. Yeah, it really fucking does. It's kind of awful. So, um, they... Is that all? Just about Miranda? Like, literally, that's... It doesn't even get to the meat? It doesn't even say anything about all of the spoiler alert breakup shit. None of it. That's wild. It is. It's totally wild. Um, so they open with a ridiculous S&M party that, um, Samantha is throwing for some new, like, restaurant i wasn't sure what was happening it's like food or something i had a question though because chris north is still credited as guest star mm-hmm. when does he get promoted to series regular never ever i don't think so i'm pretty sure he's never a series regular because they're never a regular series i don't know that's wild oh because yeah, i was like i think he spent so much time on the show every episode's about him in terms of carrie yeah, but I think that, like, legitimately, they're always looking to break them up, and so he gets breaks. Wild. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I'm honest, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We'll look into it. We'll look into it. But yeah. We'll do some research. This party that Samantha is throwing, it's BDSM inspired. Yeah. It's a kinky party. There's waiters dressed up as, like, submissives. Mm-hmm. It's super fantastic. I would love to work at this party. Yeah, this is um our, our previous guest star, Marky's, like, wet dream. Ah. She would legit, like, die at one of these parties, I believe. Let's know it. <gasps> you have a hot mitzvah, and I'll have a BDSM-themed birthday party. Perfect. I love it. I want a hot mitzvah. <laughs> legit. Like, next next March, it's going down. I'm a, I'm so a if you're in Reno, send Come. us a funny story, and top two people will get an invite to the party. It's going to be super awesome. It's going to bang me. Well, yeah, you're going to have the rights. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so then they're they're at this party and they're talking about fun with fetishes. Before we get there, real quick. Okay. Um, Samantha's working the door, letting mm-hmm. all the good people in, keeping out all the trash. And Charlotte shows up, and then Samantha's always like, "Well, you can go in," but Charlotte's not dressed appropriately for this party. She's wearing cute frilly stuff. Probably wearing Calvin Klein. Disgusting. <laughs> so she is not prepared for this party. And then Samantha calls her out. She's like, "The invitation said kinky, like kinky wear." Mm-hmm. And then this bitch is like. My hair's king. I kinked my hair. And then all of us, like, even Samantha was like, get the 
get in. We all rolled our eyes so hard at her. Yeah. Fucking poor Charlotte. Get the Charlotte. feck in. <laughs> and then and then slapped her with the whip, which I thought was great. I love it. It was fantastic. Um, so, yeah. So, they're all in there talking. Miranda's... Or Miranda. Um, Samantha is uh, whipping the waiter. <laughs> the submissive waiter. Because she ordered her drink with, like, an olive instead of a twist. And so, she's, like, doing this cute little like very very soft like like bad waiter bad waiter <laughs> which i think is like so ridiculous because i feel like they just like to do research for this episode they just like took out a book yeah and like that's how it was played <laughs> it was just like lightly do it and then you say bad boy bad boy and so this <sighs> time and so the writers are like we're gonna be really really clever and she's gonna be like bad waiter bad waiter it's like an intro to the beginner's book. Right. It's not just beginners. It's the intro to... It's like... Beginner's BDSM. Fisher Price does S&M. Oh my <laughs> god. I want that to be my style aesthetic. <laughs> yeah. Baby slut. Baby slut. <laughs> uh, you love it. Gorgeous. They're all having a great time. They're all enjoying themselves. And Carrie has to dip. Why does Carrie have to dip, Paige? Because she has to go and see Big because he's going on a business trip to Paris because, of course, he is. To Paris. Because the fabulous motherfucker gets to go to Paris. We, did we ever even find out what he does? What does he do? I was, I was going to ask that question. He's like, it's for work. I, we have to go to do this thing. And I was like, I think he works in money, with money, but I don't know, I don't know what don't, he does. Yeah, I think there is something in like the first episode where he like works on Wall Street or something like that. But, like, what's in Paris that has anything to do with Wall Street? I have no idea. Or finances. Like, this is... Listen, plot holes abound, Darren Star, for fuck's sake. What if if there was an episode where specifically, like, this is exactly what I do and this is how it ties into the world. It would be awesome. And then we just fucking... Well, like, what if it already happened and we just ignored it? Because it was like, oh, it doesn't matter. Because we're, like, we're bored. And we're over here, like, talking shit. But we just... uh, Where the words? At us. It doesn't matter. If you know what he does... Or it might come up later. It might come up later. Whatever. For whatever, whatever business reason, he has to go to Paris for a week. Yeah. And Carrie wants to see him off before he goes, because obviously, that's cute. That's fantastic. Because whatever. Because they're a couple, and that's what you do. You see them off before. I guess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, she runs off and, and has, like, a hat and a whip for Big, and it's, like, super cute and blah, 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 and they're all cute and adorable couple Um, And then we go back home with Stanford, who is legit on his, like, Apple computer. Not his Mac. Apple computer. Apple Macintosh computer. Like, this is... I don't even know what iOS this was. Like, one, I guess. iOS negative 16. Negative 16. It was so bad. Like, they had fucking manhole on it i'm sure Did which you? is not something that's actually sex based <laughs> like it was an old mac game that was completely ridiculous i'm not making this up it was actually fun i played it at my aunt's <laughs> house all the time <laughs> i was more of a pajama sam kind of guy fair did you ever watch the movie blank check oh my god so long ago, i love like that once. movie and everything that anything that pops out is the macintosh because mm. otherwise i would have no idea what mac was short for <laughs> And I only remember it because my best friend's name is McKenna. And then I would call her Macintosh all the time. Just because, like, I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> and then it shortened down to Mac and then Max. And every now and then I just throw in McKentor. Because she, she hates it. McKentor. So like, I just want to remind you how useless I am as a person. <laughs> so, anyway, Stanford is on the world's oldest Macintosh. Um, and he is on... 
he's in a chat room. Cute. What do you think it's chat rooms? I know it's like it's so it's like it's barely a chat room. I think that's the oh, part yeah. that's funny. Is There's that like it's four basically pictures. it's a message board. It's a message board that's sort of kind of live. Like it's so archaic. It's great though. It's called the Sexpress chat room, and I thought that was so fantastic. And his <laughs> screen name is Rick Nine Plus, and I think that's fantastic. What was your first screen name? <laughs> it it was MSN, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's what it's called. It was MSN. It was on Hotmail. Yeah. And my screen name was Hot underscore Rebel twenty four thirty six. Yes. It was disgusting. <laughs> that's cute. No, it was so stupid. My sister helped me set it up because, like, that's how anyone would ever talk. You had all those giant fucking like sparkling icons that you could send to people, and oh it was disgusting. Disgusting. That's so cute. But that's the only way I kept in contact with all the cool kids. That's... Hot Rebel 2436. That's so great. <laughs> and then after that, I started my brand of JD Monty. Yes. Plus a number, maybe. What was yours? Um, Mine, technically the very first one that I had, I shared with my entire family. Ew. Because that's how AOL rolled back in the first days of the internet i'm disgusted i'm leaving i was there (laughs) i was there for the first days of the internet um and so because we're super crazy creative um it was snap upc which was the first initial of the family's name first names and then the first three letters of our last name so sue neil amanda and Paige, and then upc Gorgeous. Yeah. Which was sort of cute. And then once um, AOL got to the point where you could have your own names, um, mine was uh, Smapple Frap because I hated Snapple and I loved Frappuccinos. And so I just like, m- like mooshed them together. And now all I drink is Snapple and I don't drink Frappuccinos so much <gasps> anymore. Isn't that crazy? That's character growth. Also, isn't it sort of crazy how both of them are still around? Wow. Yeah. You know what's not around? Hot people or rebels. Oof, that's too bad. But you know what is still around? Arizona iced tea, but nobody's naming their screen name after that. Oh, no. I remember when Arizona used to be a dollar and all the like, kids would just drink it all the time. Just because it was cheap, but it was awful. It was garbage. Yeah. Um, I would go on this... Oh, what are those things called? It was called Maid Marion, and it was a chat room, but also like an online... Like, game? Game. Where essentially everybody was the same character, just, like, you wore a different top. And, like, you would just go around, like, talking to people, or you could, like, drive some cars. What what are those things called? RPG? Oh, Oh, yeah. M-M-O-R-P-G. Yeah. Yeah. Role-playing games, yeah. Yeah, it'd be be a role-playing game. Oh, my God. It's called May Marion, and that's where I met all my cool internet friends. That's so awesome. You know where I met all of my cool internet friends? Where? The Grease Trivia chat room. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for real there's people that i'm still friends with on facebook to this day that are from that chat room oh my god that's so beautiful and tragic right it's so great shout out rachel <laughs> <laughs> no there is so there's this girl rachel that was on it and she's still like one of my favorite people even though we have never met mm-hmm. um she used to live in seattle and now she lives in la but she was so fucking funny like she was internet funny before internet funny was a thing she would do like parodies of songs <gasps> and she wrote everything like we had this crate we had like a 
I don't even know what it was, like Angel Fire or some crazy Ugh. ass like web web page. Yeah. With all of our shit on it, and it was so great. And so she did the only one that I can remember because she did so many song parodies, but the one that I remember the most is um Kiss Me from Sixpence on the Richer. Mm-hmm. And she changed it to Piss Me. And it was all pee-related stuff, and it was hysterical. <laughs> That's her fetish. It was like, pee neat the milky twilight, lead me <laughs> onto the newly mopped floor, <laughs> shift your open pants, straight I down love the her. Pa- I Please love give her. me in contact with her. I, I need to figure out her parody. I fucking love her so much. Anyways. After I grew up a little bit, um, I was always on the IMDB message boards, RIP. I miss them oh so much. Oh my god, they were great. They were great. I made so many friends there. And one one of the friends that stuck out was my friend Tyler. And, like, obviously, message boards have come and gone. But we are still super close friends. Cute. And I was like, this is so beautiful. I love... I thank God for the internet because of the people that I've met. Especially Tyler. Right. He, like, lives in New Jersey or something. And we've never met in person. But I know all about his life. He's writing a screenplay, obviously, because he was on the IMDb message boards. That's yes. what we all do. Yeah. And I'm just like, this is so cool. God, meeting people in real life sucks because everyone's boring. You're right. stuck in a specific spot. Whereas the internet, you're like, we you're have like, all yay. these wonderful things in common. We're on the same career path. All right. Oh, we need to bring back chat rooms. Chat rooms were great. Let's do it. Oh, Let's miss- do it. Starting it. Okay. okay back, so back to the episodes. Oh my God, we're not even there. Like, and we're like in the second scene. Um. So Let's, yeah. Talk- you said we were going to talk this episode. I know. Um. So. So Rick Nine Plus is uh, Stanford's uh, screen name, and he's chatting up a storm and decides that he's going to meet with one of them, and that's later. Um, and then we go to Charlotte walking by a shoe store, and she loves shoes, so she goes in, and I literally have on here, Charlotte likes shoes, all in caps. Big fucking surprise. <laughs> and she likes ugly shoes. Yeah. Like, I get that the 90s was an awful time for fashion, but I'm looking at all these shoes, and they're fucking ugly there are certain things about the 90s fashion wise that i really enjoy none of them were the shoes though literally none of them the shoes were awful yes all the shoes were god fucking awful like she had these slides okay and so the (laughs) um the guy who who's helping her out first of all his name is buster it's my real name stop it busted more like (laughs) But anyway. she's funny. Um, but anyway, so he's like, look at the quality on this one. And I'm like, bitch, that's two straps and like a piece of leather. Like that looks like a caveman made it. Like there's, it's awful. It looks terrible. And she's like, how much? And he's like 400. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? People pay less for rent. Yeah. Like not in this country, but like other places. <laughs> <laughs> like, But it, but... And I get it's a different time, but four hundred dollars one is already too damn much for any pair of shoes. I don't give a fuck. Right? Yeah, like they better come with something like a condo. <laughs> fuck. But then four hundred dollars for an ugly pair of shoes, mm-hmm. and it's not even like a heel. Right. It was like it, there were there were ugly flats with like that little tiny with like tiny an inch heel. inch and a half heel, yeah. and there were slip ons. There was no straps. There was no there was nothing no. elegant. About, it was just disgusting. Like you're not gonna be able to walk more than a couple feet in them because they're gonna be awful because they're not well made. They're Buster. not well made. They probably have a hard heel, so when you step, it's gonna hurt your entire calf. Mm-hmm. Disgusting. Not well made at all. And so then he's like, she's like, oh, I can't afford four hundred, and he was like, two hundred, and I'm like, is this a 
bartering system? <laughs> right? Like, like who, where are you? Uh, like, is he paying for the rest of this? Because he, he has to turn, like, right. receipts in, right? Yeah. That's like, how businesses yeah, work. Yeah, you can't just, like, go into the 90s-style cash register and be like, JK, 200. <laughs> like, I'm just going to make my own prices for right. everything. Yeah, it's like, no, they're just going to go ahead. And there's no way that he's doing it under his, like employee discount because he does not get 50% off hell no that's not a thing and so I'm that whole this whole story this is the worst this is why when I read the synopsis I was like oh my god this this episode's garbage because that's all I remembered about this episode it doesn't even matter in the grand scheme of things no one learns anything no it's just a little thing for someone else to do while we're not focusing on Bacon Carrie mhm and speaking of not focusing on Bacon Carrie Will Arnett shows up to hit on Miranda Okay, so obviously Sex and City was the show to be in mm-hmm. if you were trying to break out or get something done. What's the current thing for that to happen? Oh, gosh. I don't know. That's really hard. I actually just started um, because I blew through pretty much everything on Netflix <laughs> because you were gone and we weren't doing this podcast. And I had nothing to do. So all I was doing was at work. When I was at work, I was listening to um, the podcast, Guys, We Fucked, which is great. And I love it so far. Shout out. Um, so yeah, super shout out. I, I'm, I was actually afraid to come back and do the podcast because they are so um, blatant about like sex and sexual practices that I thought I was going to go too far. That I was going to start talking about something <gasps> and then realize that it was like way inappropriate. And then we were going to get hate mail. <laughs> it's never too inappropriate. Oh, trust me. Tell me the details. Listen to that podcast. It's way... There's there's stuff that I'm like, holy crap. Anyway, so I was listening to that at work. And then I was coming home and I finished Glow on Netflix. Oh, I love is, Glow. Which was great. Yes. And Shout out Chris Lowell. Have my babies. Oh my God, he was so cute. Um, And then I just, just a couple of days ago decided to start watching The Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce. Okay. Um, which in and of itself is not as good as younger, but, um, still, it still like has some of the same themes and it's like still really cute, but like every single episode I'm like, shit, this casting director sold her fucking soul because so many awesome people are on that. Janine Garofalo is on it. Um, and Janine Garofalo's mother is played by Bernadette Peters. And I was just like, oh, this is fantastic. Ken, Carrie Fisher was in it, showed up. And just great, great casting all around. Like, so fucking awesome. And even one of the guys from the the last episode. Now I can't even remember. Now I have to look at my... um, Oh, he was on Private Practice. I can't remember his name, but anyway. Chris Lowell's also on Private Practice. Yep. I just know what Chris Lowell's in because I love him. He is. He's fantastic. But anyway, so I was watching that and I have absolutely... um, Oh, yeah, because you would ask, like, what the the TV show was. And I feel like maybe that's it because there's a lot of good people in that show. I love that. I feel like if you're in any Ryan Murphy show, that's, like, your step up. Yeah. Because he has a lot of shows. So I just think if you're introduced with Ryan Murphy... You're, you got you're, this. You got this. Good for you. Except for anyone in, who was in Glee who wasn't Matthew Morrison because nobody else has done anything. Oh my god. Matthew Morrison on Younger was so scary. I hate Matthew Morrison. I, I've never met him as a person. I don't like his the roles. Characters I don't plays. like yeah. him as an actor. 
Yeah, I'm not a super fan, but I, I'm willing to, like, always give him another chance. Like, when I see him, I'm like, oh, maybe he'll be okay this time. And he never is. Mm, it's so sad. Um, But, so anyway, Will Arnett uh, hits on Miranda at a bookstore. At, like, a biography bookstore. I think she was just in the biography section. Oh. I was going to say the biography bookstore, and okay. they're both nerdy enough to be there. Okay, well, then they both deserve each other in that case. Um, so, yeah, they hit on each other, decide to go out for a, a date that happens later. Um, <laughs> because we have to go back to foot fetish, dude. I swear, I feel like there Already? was, like, yeah, there was, like, a tiny little part in there where she goes, and she was like, oh, I don't know. Like, I'm trying to save up for a share in the Hamptons, which, uh, so um, New York City. Yes. Whatever. And because that's, that's, like, literally my note. Share in the Hamptons, so NYC. Um, and so then it's the... Hold on real quick. Where is the Hamptons? What state is that in? Connecticut, I think. Okay, because I have, like... I'm so... I, I probably just sounded so, like, West Coast ignorant to whoever lives on the East Coast, and I super apologize. <sighs> I don't know where the Hamptons I mean, are. All these fancy I'm things. I think guessing. Aspen's in Colorado. Yes, Aspen is Aspen's in Colorado. Aspen's in Colorado. Yeah. Vale, I have no idea where Vale is. I feel like Vale's in Colorado too. Ugh, all these like places that people just go. Right. I know well, Martha's Vineyard's in Jersey. All see, all I know about um, the Hamptons is that it is a ride on the jitney from New York <laughs> to wherever it is. <laughs> so it can't be that long because the jitney is like this trumped up awful like bus, and I literally only know that. From reading Candace Bushnell's books, oh, who wrote *Sex in the City*? Gorgeous! <laughs> it all comes back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, her actual her book. There's a book called um, Four Blondes*, and I love it so much more than *Sex in the City*. <gasps> and then there's um, did you did you? I think it was because there were two at the same time, and one was called *Lipstick Jungle*. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the one that she wrote. Yeah. And I really liked that one a lot, too. That one was fun. Yes. Um, but anyway. That, Which was but, also a short-lived TV show. It was a short-lived TV show, but it was great. But it was like there was something that was almost exactly the same, and it came out at the same time, and both of them like blew each other up. And I knew ex- I know I know what you're talking about. I forget mm-hmm. the name, but I remember because I was like, that the guys, why do I watch previews for something? And I'd be like, is that... Which one is it? Is that the same show? Right, because the other one had Lucy Liu. Yeah. Yeah. But yes. I can't I can't remember what it is. Are we gonna do this? I'm check gonna... check internet movie database. Okay, well you're gonna have um, to stop. so <laughs> um so yeah, so anyway, um it's the next morning, Big's uh packing up for Paris and he drops the bomb that he might be moving to Paris for seven months, um, or or like a year. And he's very casual about this and Carrie is 100% understandably upset. Right. So, short story. I swear to God. I'll, I'll try. Because I also have a story. I'll try and be short. Like so, um, the guy that I was seeing last summer, I was on my third date with him. And he told me that he had gotten a phone call that morning that he got a job offer um, that was going to basically require him in like four or five months to move to Arizona for like seven months. Mm-hmm. He brought that up to me on the third date. <laughs> like, I feel 
And, I mean, granted, he was a really good guy. And he was very straightforward and very honest and very truthful. And I, those part of the parts that I, like, really loved about him was that he was so great and straightforward like that. Um, but he told me on the third date, and they've been dating for God knows how fucking long. And... And he can't be bothered to tell her that he might be... Like, there is there is some serious commitment issues happening with this kid. Flip side. Mm-hmm. He said nothing was set in stone. He knows who Carrie is. So I think he was like, well, I'm not going to say anything until it's a thing. And, like, I get, I get it. I get it that, like, if you're in a couple, like, you should... If you're in a relationship, if you are a part of a couple... Even if you're considering, it's like, hey, I'm considering doing this thing just so that you're in the loop, which is something that I had to learn because for a while, for a while, I wouldn't tell my boyfriend about things that I was doing up until they became actual things. Just but, but then he didn't, though. That's my problem, is that he didn't. He dropped the bomb right before he left for Paris. She, because he didn't mean to. It was, some, it was in response to something she had said. And then he was like, well, okay, well, now I'm going to say this thing. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I feel like either keep it quiet or share as soon as you know something. But, like, don't do that half-Z's thing. That's what I didn't like about it, is the fact that he was like, oh, this is what I'm considering, but it's a no big deal kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Instead of like a, oh, it's out, it's out, fine, let's have this conversation. Mm -hmm. Especially when you're dating someone like Carrie, who's just going to flip her fucking shit. she's going to, like, neurotic out. And I'm so... This this one sucks so hard because I am so with her up until the point where she loses her goddamn mind. But that's just Carrie. You can never be on her side completely. I mean, I get that, but oh my god. I dislike her so much when she... I mean, she has good points, and then she fucks them up by being a shit show. And that's what, that, uh, that's what sucks. Because if... Like, let's say it was the 90s, and the girlfriend was like, watch this episode so you can understand where I'm coming from for certain things. And then, like, they, she gets her boyfriend to watch it, and then he's like, he's going to shut down her and the ideas because Carrie goes apeshit mm-hmm. every single time. So if you're trying to get a message across, which, like, opens up for, like, the idea that people are flawed, I totally get it. But it's just so easy to shut people off if you're like, oh, you agree with this girl who then goes crazy. Maybe your ideas aren't in the best of... Places. See, and I was so I was talking with um, with our mutual friend Hannah, who's actually going to be on the podcast a few episodes from now. Hi, Hannah. Hi, um, Hannah. But we were talking today about how how different women are when it comes to like that kind of a thing. Like I um, had a situation come up yesterday, in fact, and I have already overthought, overanalyzed, overreacted. And not in a carry sort of way. I'm not, like, breaking dishes or anything in a goddamn restaurant. But, like, completely overthinking it and being totally wild about a situation. And, like, and Hannah was within her complete right to be like, just chill out and let it happen. And I'm like, I can't, I'm not a chill out and let it happen, girl. Mm -hmm. I will never be like the cool girl the chill girl that's just like yeah whatever let's just go with the flow let's just do whatever and like later on in the episode carrie really tries to do that and she totally fucks it up again and like i don't want to be like carrie but also i you want to stick to your i can't i cannot 
I can't be that chill girl that's just like, oh, cool, we've been going out for a year and we've told each other we loved each other, but just now you're letting me know that you might be moving away for seven months or possibly forever. So, cool. Totally fine with that. It's totally fine. I'll just be alone when I thought that I was going to be with you for the rest of my life. It's fine. Like, I can't. I can't do it. It's too hard. And it's, coming from the other side, it's so hard to empathize with that because, like, it's not, that's not what you're used to. So then it's really hard to be like, oh, let me take this person in consideration when I'm doing all these things because here are my experiences. Things are fine. It, like, we can relax. It's chill. Mm-hmm. And knowing that people are unchill is really hard to, like, comprehend when you're just like, okay, they're having this fit. They're super stressed out for to, to people like us for no reason. Mm-hmm. So it's like okay, I could stress them out or I could just expect them to be chill because this is not a situation. Right. And there are certain times where you're just like, I didn't even register that that would that it stress is you situation. out. That, yeah, that is right, a situation. Right. So I think it's just fine. So it's super hard to measure that out, especially when you don't have that panic. In the same way that I'm assuming that people who stress out who are the overthinkers mm-hmm. are like, how can you just be so fine about this? And that's where that frustration comes in. Mm-hmm. Like, how are you not freaking out about this when I'm freaking out about this? Right, yeah. We're just totally neurotic about everything. It's not fun. I would love to. Like, if I could flip a switch mm-hmm. and be that chill girl that's just like, yeah, whatever, we'll figure it out. God, would I do it. God, would I ever flip that switch. I really, really would. Being neurotic and upset about everything all the time is exhausting. Yeah. For me, I just feel like I can I can sort of be on big side about this because I... There was, like, moments... There was full, like, moments of years of my life where I would just have opportunities popping up. I would be having, I would get to do this fun project. I would get to go visit here. I'd get to go do all these things and I would let people know as they pop up because obviously I'm excited and I want to share it with people. But then because it's life, certain things fall through, certain things don't get to happen. And there was a time, specifically with my current boyfriend, that I had mentioned going somewhere, doing a project, and then the, it, it fell through and then the date came for me to... The date came that I was supposed to be leaving. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, oh, aren't you supposed to go do this thing? And I was like, oh, it didn't happen or it didn't go through because this is... He's like, oh, I figured. Usually a lot of your... Pro- or usually a lot of what you do doesn't happen. Wow. And I, I, he didn't mean Rude. it in a bad way. It was just a... I it was just that I've noticed mm-hmm. that you say all these things are going to happen. A lot of these things don't happen. Mm. And that upset me a lot because I'm like... I, I'm upset that it didn't happen. It didn't happen because I am lazy. It didn't happen because I wasn't going to follow through on it. Right. It didn't happen for another reason. And I'm upset that it didn't happen, that I didn't get to take advantage of this opportunity. And for you to throw it in my face, like, oh, that happens a lot. It just seemed like it was yeah, a reflection of my character. Yeah, though. that's Like, up. I'm not, that for some reason, it's my fault that these things are happening. And so from then, I'm like, oh, until something is real, until that I know it's going to happen, I'm not going to bring it up. Because I don't want people to look at me and be like, oh, Joe, Joe just talks a lot but doesn't do a lot. I can I can see that. Like, I I can understand having, like, it's a, it's a cause and effect kind of a thing. If that kind of thing happened to me, yeah, I would never bring anything up with anybody ever mm-hmm. with anything. Like, there's, there's things that I'll bring up, like, with you and things that I'll bring up with, like, other close friends. But then there's other stuff that I won't bring up to anybody. Or I'll bring up to, like, one person who I know, like, won't judge me on whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, like, that harsh judgment, like, coming down, like, a lot of your stuff doesn't come together. Like, that's 
that's harsh. That's awful. And I don't know that I wouldn't like cower back and do the same thing that you did. Because mm-hmm. it sucks. And like, I think that relationship wise, like that's, or friendship wise, you know, whatever it happened to be, like that's, that's rough. That's like the type of relationship ending thing for me. Really? Like, that's the type of thing where it's like, okay, well, if this is how you see me, mm-hmm. which is not how I actually am, if you cannot see that, then you're not a benefit to me. You're not being my friend. You're not being supportive. Like, it would hurt me. It would hurt me enough that I don't know that I would be able to get past it. Got it. Which kind of leads into a little bit um, Carrie's couldn't help but wonder moment, mm-hmm. um, which is when it comes to relationships when is enough enough that i think is one of the best questions that this show has raised because this this episode it's about fetishism it's about bdsm so there's good pain there's bad pain how do you know when the pain is enough and there's also another quote that she pulled out um oh a relationship without pain is not a relationship worth having because you're not growing like Mm -hmm. you don't have those growing pains and it was just so interesting because in any relationship, what is the breaking point? When, mm-hmm. when, when are the growing pains just pain? And that was super interesting because it made me reflect on it made me reflect on my relationship, the relationships that I have with people, just not even like romantic relationships, mm-hmm. and even right now with you saying, "Oh, this the experience you had. If I would have the same experience, and we would have been break, we would have broken up." Mm-hmm. And for me, I was like, oh, no, I would, like, obviously I stayed. I mean, that's because I'm a super sensitive crazy bitch, so. <laughs> so, which is so interesting for so many people. Like, what are you willing to put up with for the name of love? Right. What, what is your pain threshold when it comes to relationships? And um, earlier I told you, like, this episode had me thinking about my parents a lot. Because uh, my mom, my mom is a strong woman. She doesn't think that she is, but I think she's a very strong person. And when she was in a relationship with my dad... Or like, well, first we're going to talk about her first relationship. She was married, and it was she put up so much. She put up with so much from an outside point of view mm-hmm. because she was in love with this gentleman who treated her nicely. He was super fantastic, but he was from a family that people didn't like very mm-hmm. much, and her family was very much like he's trash, he's garbage. If you go with him, we're not going to like you because you're also trash. If that's what you're into, blah blah. And it, she was in love with him since she was, like, 12. And, like, they got married at 20. She had her first child at 21. So, like, it, it had spanned it. She was dedicated to this. And then one time they got into a little argument and he said, all you ever do is think about your family. You never think about us. And that was my mom's breaking point. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even anything bad. It wasn't anything against my mom. Mm-hmm. It, that's the one thing. And my mom was like, I'm done. I don't want to do this. And I'm not going to do this. And then she left him. Yeah, because she was being pulled in two polar opposite directions. And just something had to give. She, yeah. had, she had to go one way or the other before she got ripped apart. And it was super tragic. And then when my mom was with my dad, she put up with a lot more from my dad. Mm. Like, she still didn't have her family support just because she'd never had her family support no matter what it came to. Because they don't like her. But the, my dad would just be mean my dad never told my mom she was beautiful my mom my dad was always trying to be the one that was in control my dad was always the one that's like this is how things are going to be done because this is this is my house even though my mom was the one who made more money my mom was the one who was putting all of her energy and effort into it and then one day 
her family invited her out to for her birthday. It was like a couple days after her birthday. They're like, we didn't get a chance to celebrate with you on her birthday. We want to take you out to lunch. And she went out. She went out with them, and she like spent she spent a good time with them. It was a couple of hours. And when she got home, my dad was like, "Oh, what'd you do? Go to um, go to South America for lunch that you had to be so long." And then my mom made a joke, and she was like, "No, we stopped way we stopped halfway through Mexico and then turned around." Hmm. And then my dad was <laughs> like, "My dad was super upset that she had answered her that way and blah blah blah." And then one day, my dad was just like, "Well." fuck this and blah 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 and my mom was like that's it I'm done I couldn't do it and he said all he would do all these mean things but it was just a small conversation piece that he had said just offhand and that's what broke my mom and she's like you obviously don't care you're mm-hmm. obviously not in this as much as I am and I'm not going to keep suffering for no reason and that was her breaking point and then just like we've had this conversation where I'm just like how did you put up with so much and then for something small break up and then your first relationship how did you suffer all that way through from other people? Mm-hmm. And when he calls you out on real bullshit, because like, because that was the, real, because yeah. it was real. And then she got upset with him instead of all the other things that people have said. And she left him and went back to them. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's that is ridiculous to me. Yeah. But also like, that's not. I don't have our experiences, so I can't speak right. for her. Well, and sometimes you're in so much pain, you don't know where it's coming from. Yeah, you don't. You don't know where. It can, like, you know, like I said, it very much feels like you're being pulled in two different directions. She was being pulled in the direction of her family and in the direction of her marriage. And her family was, she grew up with them. She was grounded by them. And and he was newer, for all intents and purposes. Mm-hmm. And as humans, we tend to go back to the familiar, even if the familiar is terrible. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. It's so tragic. It's true, though. Like, there's a lot of that 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 happens, and it's hard. And, like, I've... I've, It's it's been a really tough road with, like, the divorce and everything else, and with him living with my mom and me constantly. Like, every time I feel like it's okay to, to reach out to my mom, she always ends up saying something that upsets me. But I continue to reach out to her because she's my mom and I don't have anyone else. Yeah. She's the only mom I have. I don't have step parents. I don't have, you know, half anything. Like she is she is what I have. And even though the relationship can be truly terrible sometimes, I still don't feel right about just cutting her off and not going back because she has done a lot for me. She hasn't you know, she she never did anything to me that was, um, that that tried to hurt me like on purpose. Mm-hmm. Everything that she did, she thought that she was doing in my benefit. You know, it didn't end up being that way, but she did try. And I'm not saying that your mom's family is anything like that. They might actually be completely garbage people. Oh, they are. <laughs> but <laughs> but it's still, they probably think that they're acting in her best interest whether that's right or wrong without getting into specifics you don't want to when it came to you and chad was there a breaking point or was there a you knew that it was coming and then you just decided one day that it was done how um so we were working on a movie uh, we were all working on 
on a movie together and it was my birthday during one of the um during one of the shoots one of the days of the shoot and i had a play that i was working on at the exact same time and he was he was doing stuff and he was he was busy but he never brought up celebrating my birthday in any way and during the course of that day um the pa went down and got me my favorite sandwich from the like the nearby like coffee shop that i had told him about like he was like kind of hungry like what should i go and grab around here and i said oh my gosh the sandwich is super good like you should grab it and he grabbed it for me for my birthday and then i went to my show that night and they had a cake for me and um they had uh a like they got me a juice from this local juice place it's totally overpriced and ridiculous and i don't go there anymore but it was still like this amazing gesture because I had just mentioned to somebody that um, that I liked that specific juice from there and they got it for me. And I spent the evening with a friend like just drinking like our, like the whole like signature cocktail from downtown and talking and we had been talking about how he had a friend who had gone through a divorce and how it didn't really end up like being that bad as far as like the community because at that time I was feeling like everyone would feel like they needed to pick a side yeah and that's not what I wanted to do but I didn't know what I wanted to do and so my birthday that day I just felt like all of these people cared about me. All of these people did all of these things for me. And I didn't even see him, like, hardly at all that, that day. And he never wished me a happy birthday. And, and I felt kind of crappy, and I didn't actually end up seeing him for a couple of days after that. Um, and I was talking with my... Um, at, at work with my boss about... And she said, you know, has he found a job yet? And I said, no. And I ended up, like, crying in her office and just saying, I don't know what I'm going to do. And she was just like, you can't keep living like this. You can't do this anymore. And I came back home. I saw his car in the driveway. And it snapped, and I knew I couldn't do it anymore. Like, I knew that if I came in and I looked at him and I looked him in the face, that it would be over and I couldn't do it. Like, that was it. So it wasn't anything that was done it was the lack of something and the continued lack Mm -hmm. that had been happening for years but I hadn't really seen until that moment so that was it Mm -hmm. (laughs) my mom has always said that she put up with so much because she knew that my dad loved her but what broke it for her was the fact that he never showed it Yeah, he was like she he he never would do the things that you're supposed to whether they're cheesy or small he wouldn't hold my hand in public he wouldn't tell me that i was beautiful he he took me for granted and that's always what i've been afraid of in relationships that's why i didn't want to be in a relationship until i was mature until i was an adult because i'm like i don't want to i'm i there's so many traits that i share with my father that i'm like i don't i don't want to be the person that finds the love of my life or the best person that's ever going to happen to me 
and treat them like they're nothing. Yeah. Like that is the absolute saddest story for me. Cause then like, and I see my dad now and I know that my dad loves my mom and my mom still has this piece. Like she's like, I'm always going to care about him, but I can't do that to myself. I have to care about me first, which is a lesson that took her 40 years to learn. Cause she was always about other people, always trying to help other people, always trying to save other people, whatever that meant sacrificing for her, for her family. It, she was going to do other people. And she's like, I have to think about me and I can't put myself in the situation. I can't be in the situation no matter how I feel. I'm, I have to take care of me first. Mm-hmm. And that is so upsetting to me just because I'm like, that That makes sense. But it's so sad that there was love there. It wasn't like they stopped loving each other. It wasn't they mm-hmm. hated each other. It was my dad just took her for granted and didn't say anything. And that's why whenever I'm having like a frustrated day, whenever I'm frustrated with child or anything, I'm still, I want to make sure that he knows. I'm like, even if I can't show it the way that you want me to, even if I can't do things the traditional way I hope you know that I this is as much as I can show you that I care about you this is the way that I can do it and I'm trying to work on it because you're never going to be 100% ready for a relationship relationships mm-hmm. help you grow as a person and I'm like I, I, if at any point this isn't working let's call it off but let's stay close mm-hmm. and I was because I, I I don't think there's ever a reason that I would break up with Challen. I think Challen has plenty of opportunities like to break <laughs> up with me just because we are not <laughs> on the same boat and he gets more frustrated about that than I do mm-hmm. so I'm always like if this isn't working please let's either find a way to fix it or let's like cut it off while we're ahead let's stop mm-hmm. while we're ahead mm-hmm. because I, I don't want to lose challenge from my life even if that means I don't get a date him even if that means that like we're not going to spend the rest of our life together I still want him there I still care about him I think he's a super smart guy he has some plans for the future and I want to be there and see him grow and achieve all those things because they care about him. And that's how I know that I do care about him. Because with some people, I'm like, oh, you got this thing done. That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> like, it, that, that doesn't affect me. And when Challenge succeeds, I feel good about it. Mm-hmm. So I know that's how I care about him. And I, if not as a boyfriend, if not as a husband, I want him to be my friend. Mm-hmm. And that's how I want to keep it. And my parents are trying to work on being friends. And sometimes it's hard because my dad will like try to like make a romantic move. And that's why my mom's like, we're... I have to cut this and we're going to take a break mm-hmm. because I want to be your friend, but I'm not going to be anything more than that. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. And it's honestly, it's the same with, with Chad and I, I didn't feel like, cause I was so, I felt so neglected and so like upset and I didn't want to get to the point where it affected me so much that I hated him. Mm-hmm. I still love him. I will always love him. But it wasn't fair to him to eventually be with a shrewish woman that eventually turns into fucking Carrie. Mm-hmm. Like, it, that's that's not fair to him to have somebody that gets to that point with him. I didn't want to get to that point with him. And I I think that the, the point that I got to where I did leave was just for both of us not just for me because like your mom yeah i couldn't live like that anymore i couldn't Mm -hmm. do it i had a really hard conversation right before we signed the papers with chad where he said he basically asked if this was really what i wanted and and i had to tell him i'm like listen if if i if i gave you another shot if i tried this again and the same thing happened and he interrupted me and he said, well, then you could hate me. 
And I had to say, this was never about hate. And it never will be about hate. Mm-hmm. But if the same thing happened, I would be devastated. And I wouldn't have the strength to leave a second time. And I would probably end up killing myself. So I had to go. You gotta save yourself. You have to put the oxygen mask on yourself before you can put it on other people. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of a relationship, it starts going from we to me. Like, okay, what can I do for us? What do we need? How can we benefit? And if it's near the end of the relationship, you start thinking like, no, well, this is what I need from this relationship. This is what I need to move on. When starting out a relationship, when do you think it flips from me to we? Because obviously, like, if it's your first date dating, you're not thinking about, like, right. oh, I'm going to go, where I'm going to, these are steps that I'm going to take so that we're better. It's like, we're on this ride. When when does that shift, do you think? When it gets gross and sappy. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that about couples that do that, that turn into the we. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I kind of love it because it gives you a heads up as to what's exactly happening. Because it's very, it, you really do, like, notice it. It's super interesting. Um, I just hung, just finished hanging out with somebody and I told him that I would meet him somewhere and then called him up and I said, you know, Hey, you know, where are you at? And he said, okay, yeah, I'm over here. And I immediately knew that he wasn't with his girlfriend because he is very, he is the we couple Yeah, where everything is just like we this and we that and we want to do this and we're going to do that. And it's so fucking gross, but it's like, but I feel like it's so much more significant when the guy does that mm-hmm. because I honestly like, and like taking it back to this episode, big was never the type of person that was going to be a wee person. Right. It, and that ultimately I think was Carrie's problem is that. He never considered her. He never found her important enough to include in his plans and for, you know, Paris or whatever. He was like, this is what I'm going to do. Right. It wasn't important enough. You're either on it or not. Hmm. It it was hard to recognize what that meant in terms of a relationship. Because when me and Challen first started dating, um, there was a a chance for me to like just vacation not necessarily vacation but I was gonna go stay with my friend who lives in a different city for a couple of days just like as a nice getaway Mm -hmm. but then there was an opportunity for me like get a job down there and I was like oh it'd be fun just like go down there for a couple weeks just to hang out get a little job that way I can keep supporting myself Mm -hmm. And then I was like, oh, what if I just, like, live there? Mm-hmm. That'd be so fun. Yeah. Blah, blah. But I, me and John had been dating for a little bit, and I told him, I was like, my plans are very open-ended when I go here. I'm like, I don't know exactly what I'm doing. And I just said it as a as a thing, as mm-hmm. I would to anybody, where I'm like, oh, right. I'm just going to go on this adventure. Who knows where it takes me? Mm-hmm. He's like, well, what about us? And then I was very much like, what about us? What do you mean? We're fine. And then, like, he took it very, like, personally, he's like, well, you're not gonna, you're, did, are you not having this conversation with me? You just decided that we just started dating and then you're going to go? How does that work out for us? And I was like, oh, I figured that it'd be fine. We would just date long distance. I don't know how long this is going to be, so I can't promise you this, 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 this. And he was like, well, what if I don't want to date someone long distance? And then I got upset because I'm like, 
well, I don't know what this is going to be. like, well, fuck you. Well, well, it was just very much like, well, what is this going to be? Because I don't want to, like, I like you. I don't want, I'm not trying to break up with you. Right. Me moving is, or me going somewhere isn't breaking up with you. It's, I still like you enough, but I still want to go do this. Mm-hmm. And it was, that was a, like a conversation we had and it ended up just not going because of it. So then I was like, I just want to avoid the problem. And I was like, for a long time I was upset. I was like, why did I sacrifice something that I wanted to do? For something that he wanted to do. Hmm. And I never saw it as, why am I sacrificing something I want to do for us? Hmm. And so when that hit me, I was like, oh, did I still feel like I was struggling in the relationship? Yes, but I can't tell you when it would have been an appropriate time for that to have happened and us hmm. to be stable. But then recently, Chalam was talking about some plans that he wanted. And he was like, hey, if I get this internship or do this do you want to go spend the summer? Because th- he wanted an internship like in Portland or in a big city for mm. theater. He's like, would you want to move to this place for like three months and we can both be doing like theater things or you can be doing one thing or the other thing? And I was like, oh yeah, that sounds like a great plan. And then I was like, oh, Challen included me in his plan. Mm-hmm. He was like, oh, here's this thing that I want to do, but here's how you can be a part of it and here's how we can make it work together. Mm. And what? And I... I have learned so much from dating Challenge and things that have just helped me grow and open my eyes. I'm like, oh, that's how you treat people with respect. That's mm-hmm. that's how you do things. And the the way he did it was just so fluid and wonderful. And I was like, that that's now. And that's when yeah. I was like, we are we now. Mm-hmm. I still stick by like when I was going to go on my adventure that it was still early in the relationship that I wasn't thinking about us, we, mm-hmm. how it would affect us. It was very much like a you're having your fun, I'm having fun, we're having fun together when we're together, but that doesn't mean we can't have fun apart. And then when Chalon said that, I was like, no, I do want to do this together. This would be a great thing for us to do. And then I was like, fuck, now mm. I'm in this. Right. Now I'm in this oh, damn relationship. Yeah, that's funny because it was, I, for some reason, with the, with the guy that I was dating last summer, it ended up happening so super fluidly because it was the third date. And it was such an amazing opportunity for him. And so right off the bat, I was like, God, that's so amazing. Like, you're going to have so much fun. This is super awesome. And um, and he was like, yeah, I just, I wanted to be extremely upfront with you about where my plans were taking me, where I was, where I was going to go. And, you know, I've had some relationships in the past where opportunities have passed me by because, you know, I've been so invested and I said, listen, like, this is only the third date, but I really like you. I really want to see where this goes. You have to go. I will never be the person that stops anyone from an opportunity. Yeah. Especially not an amazing opportunity like that. Like, like you will, you will go and we'll see where this goes too. And if it gets to the point where we you know, really still enjoy each other's company and we want to see where it goes, then, you know, we can long distance for seven months, like, or we'll figure it out. Like, I was, it was one of those things where it was like six months in the future at that point. And so I was just like, well, whatever happens, happens. Like, let's go with the flow and see where this goes, no matter what we know you're leaving. And I, this is, it's going to be so fucking awful to say, but the possibility at that particular point in my life of having a relationship where I knew that it had an end date 
was really attractive because I was like, yes, okay, it's going to end and we're going to, you part know, we're, yeah, we're going to part ways and it's going to be like super beautiful and we're going to kiss in the rain and it's going to be great. Like it's, you know, it's going to be this like beautiful little chunk of time he was going through or he had just um, gone through a divorce as well. And the so just us being in a relationship, even for as short of a time as we did, was so super healing to talk to somebody and to say something and to have someone in, like just intrinsically know what you're talking about, know exactly where you're coming from, was so healing and so amazing. And even though like it kind of, we, we came in too strong and it blew up in our face a little bit and didn't end up working out like but I still think about him because he was so and just just he was there like he healed me at a time when I really really needed somebody to be there for me in the exact way that he was there for me it was so amazing but he was so adult about being upfront about that and the conversation that we had was just so like like super fluid about it but it also did kind of put a cap on ever being a we. Got it. So it's just interesting. Relationships are interesting. Other people are interesting. They are. You know who else is interesting? Mark Twain. <laughs> He's so interesting. Uh, did you know that he had a place in New York City? I didn't. But at TBA, I could not tell you where Mark Twain was situated ever. Okay, so... There's something about him at the University of Nevada. Yes, there is. There's also a um, statue of him up in Galena, uh, which if you want to see a picture of, you can go to my Instagram. (laughs) Page it at Reno Land. (laughs) Page in Reno Land. Selfless, beautiful promotion. And But anyways, so he lived all over the country... However, he did spend a good chunk chunk of time in Virginia City writing. That's what it was. Okay, that's yeah. why we talk about him. So, um, so yeah, that's why he's a big deal in our area. But anyway, apparently he had a place in New York City, a cute little hamlet. Um, and Will Arnett takes Miranda there to show her around because they both like, you know, on a or biographies of old people. They like notable people <laughs> in history. And you know what is better than seeing Mark Twain's home in New York City. What page? Fucking there. (laughs) Will Arnett just shows his fetish, which is having sex in public places, which I don't know how I feel about that. I think it's super exciting. I I can see the appeal in it. Hmm. And I have been in situations where I've been in a public place with someone I'm attracted to and there's some kissing, there's some touching, there's some rubbing, there's some squeezing, there's some loving going on. But there's there's a part of me, which is weird because I never thought like I was a stickler for rules and I'm like, what if we get caught? <laughs> like, then we're going to get, we're going to get hit with like sexual, what is it? Not sexual predator, sexual. Promise. No, it's, um, Predator? No. No. Oh, gosh. What is it? S- a sex offender. Ah, yes. Yeah, I'm like, yes. I don't want to be re- recognized as a sexual offender. Yeah. Especially if you're doing this thing that's just kind of cool. Like, obviously, if I was doing something wrong, mm. yes, hit me with that shit. 
but I'm like, I'm just sex in public. Mm-hmm. Like, it's cool. It's neat. It's a little exciting. Okay, but then let's take it back to the last time that we were here where you were like, PDAs are disgusting. They're gross. PDA is disgusting in the sense that, like, you're in groups of people and, that, like, don't make people uncomfortable. So there's a thin line. So there's a lot, like... <laughs> of people versus the potential of but people But the potential being of people being, like, getting away with it. That's, mm. that's what the fun is. Okay. And, like, also... And that's just with anything. Even with something cute. Like, whenever me and Chalon go to dinner with my family, mm. Chalon will always find a way to, like, hold my hand or, like, just give a little squeeze. Cute. Underneath the <laughs> table. And th- there's nothing... There's nothing, like, wrong about it. There's nothing bad about it but just a little thing that it's a shared secret between me and him that i know that he did and like the fact that nobody else noticed Mm -hmm. while they were all there and could have noticed it's getting away with the secret and it just feels so exciting and fun (laughs) and i can imagine that like if that's fun getting away with like sex sex in public in a situation where you know that at any point you could get caught or someone could watch you is so thrilling and exciting but I'm also very much like a no, no. There are certain laws that I will break. Hell to the yes, mm-hmm. like jaywalking. Yeah. Fuck crossbars. <laughs> I'm gonna cross whenever the fuck I want to, especially if I'm in a motherfucking mission. <laughs> also, I'm not gonna stop for three seconds at a fucking stop sign. I'm just gonna go. If there's no cars. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. You're one of those. People. I'm gonna go. <laughs> but sex in public, where the consequences are so big and so real, mm-hmm. like I'm just like ooh. Yeah, I, like, if I was the type of person to camp, Mm -hmm. then I think having sex on a camping trip is about as far as I'll go. I've had sex on a camping trip. Yeah? Yeah. And it was... Was Was it it, good? it, It was good. It was my first time experiencing something like that, and it was me and the person I was with, and we were just in a camping site where everybody else was, like, around us... They were, they had a fire going, someone was playing some music, everyone was just doing their own thing. It was kind of later in the evening. And it was super exciting because I'm like, oh, we're doing this thing, we're doing this thing, but everybody's out there, so we're like getting away with secret. But then there was also like a little bit of a mood killer because the, so, some people were just some like, some people are like yelling outside of the tank. Yeah. They're like, shut up, I'm trying shut to have an orgasm. <laughs> This isn't about you right now. This is about me loving the fact that you're there. Right. And I'm getting away with the secret. Don't don't ruin my fantasy with whatever you have to do. And there's people like being wild, having fun, like do their own thing, which is totally fine. But I was like, you're getting me out of this fucking moment. Yeah. Shut up. Not... Let me enjoy this the way that I want to, not the way things are. Yeah, that's not the that's not fun. I don't like it. Remind me to tell you uh after the podcast about a story. <laughs> oh, too steamy for the podcast. But not safe for podcast. Not safe for podcast. Um so I think we finally get back to um to Stanford's sex capades. Um in the sex press chat room. So he goes to meet um goes to meet a oh, big tool for you. I think yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, big tool for you for um for some real lifeness. But he it's at a club where you can just wear your underwear. And I have questions. Like, first of all, why are you only in your underwear? Why is is that like a sexy thing like that? I don't understand. Like, it's like having a white party where you're all dressed in white. It's like a, it's like a theme. Like, do they have lockers where you're keeping your clothes? I don't understand. I assume so. They have like the like like a coat check. Yeah, like a coat check, but, but it's your entire, your entire outfit. outfit. <laughs> Carl's the leather bar that we have here on Fridays or something. Mm-hmm. I, I've never been. 
that sounds that sounds like me trying to be an asshole. That wasn't me trying to be an asshole. It's <laughs> never gone. But I think on Fridays or Saturdays they have uh, it's like a bottomless night. So you just show up like in underwear and like a, a top, mm-hmm. but no pants. They used to have a lockdown. Did you hear about that? What is that? Oh my gosh. So they didn't, they don't have it anymore, but the, the rumor is, I am, I don't know how true it is, but every, I've heard it from several people. So I'm thinking it's kind of true. They used to have a night where it was called lockdown, where the theme was that like you pay $30 and you could drink all you want, but really it was just sexcapades. <gasps> like it was just a giant orgy and they locked all the doors so that nobody could leave and everybody just had sex with everybody else all night. Oh, I don't, I don't like that. I don't like that, not like that either. I don't like being locked into anything. I'm That's like, what, I don't. I'm like, I like the option. I like that. I like the fact that like no one would come in if you didn't know what was happening. So I get that. Right. But you don't have to lock me in. Right. No. What no. if I have a panic attack and I have to get outside and right. the fucking door's locked? Yeah. I'm gonna start screaming. Yeah. As soon as soon as you tell me that I'm locked into a place, I don't care if it's like a room full of puppies. I gotta get out. You gotta. I'm out. Don't. I'm out. I have to. Why leave. is this door locked? Yeah. Why? Is Why door... are you deciding that I need to be confined in here? Like yeah. When I I'm heard about that, I was like, yeah, I totally panicked about it. It was so not okay. So, oh my gosh, it was so funny. So my note is, ah, back when sexing was cyber sex. Oh, God. Cyber sex was, like, ridiculous. And Now we have a Magel. Is that for sex? It's not for sex, but it's for sex. But it's for sex. But it's for sex. You can either just do, like, a chat or... Because it pairs you up with random strangers all over the world. Mm -hmm. Or uh, you can do a video conference, too. Or, like, a video chat. Mm-hmm. So that's super exciting when you're just, like, paired up with random people. And then you're like, okay, I like this. Don't Scary. like this. And then, like, you're chatting while also you could be, like, touching yourself, using some toys on you, seeing the other person. Okay. Doing all those things. I'm like, oh, that's a nice step forward. That's cool. <laughs> that's funny. Until you go on, like, all, like, the amateur porn sites and you see people have recorded the videos of people you're on Omega with. No. So you could be thinking you're having a great time. And then you're like, oh, shit. Suddenly, I'm on this motherfucking website. Not okay. What I don't like. <laughs> really? Yes, but the fun part of it was that I was underage. So, oh. I, that video got taken down. Oh, damn. Because, you know, boys like being adventurous. Boys mm, like... Boys are boys. Boys are... <laughs> boys, boys are stupid. Boys are dumb. Oh, my gosh. So, Sanford, actually, I'm so, like, I, that. Uh, this, this scene made me feel a little proud of him because... Yes. He actually, like, picks up on a boy, and they have a drink together, and it's super cute. And it's not the guy that he, like... Was meant to... Was meant to meet with. Yeah. So, I'm like, that's so exciting. And Good it was for super him. cute. And, like, not a thing against Stanford, but Stanford isn't a 22-year-old Abercrombie and Fitch model. Right. And the guy that starts talking to him is in good shape, really attractive, mm-hmm. a little younger, I think, but I'm like... Fuck it up, Stanford. Hell right? yeah. And Stanford was kind of like, uh, he was a little nervous at first. Mm-hmm. And like throughout the entire thing, he's still a little bit nervous. Like this is not so, his realm. No. But he, he starts coming into his own a little bit. It's kind of really exciting because the guy calls him out on his underwear. He's like, I haven't seen a lot of those. And then Stanford like plays along. He's like, I got France. them in France. <laughs> but, well, like, he, and then the, the other gentleman was like, turn around. I want to see all of it. And then Stanford like, Totally does a little thing, models them like, off, cute. and I'm like, that's so cool. Get it, yeah. I love it. I'm like, if I, in a public space, if I were to like, oh, I'm going to go meet this person at a bar, and then someone else started hitting on me, I'd be like, no, we, I still don't know who you are. I don't, we haven't said, no, I can't. Right, I can't I'm like, I can't do this, yeah. And I'm like, I, I always operate under the assumption that no one's interested in me, 
until they like plant one on me and then I'm like, wait, what? I'm what just happened? <laughs> so I'm I really just fully operate under the assumption that no one is like romantically or sexually interested in me until they hit me over the head with it. Me too. So funny. <laughs> um so the next scene is uh, Carrie super drunk in her apartment and she calls up Big to yell at him. Who's in France. And it's 5.30 in the morning. And it's 5.30 in the morning in France. And Big makes it, makes it very known that he's upset. She's calling at 5.30 in the morning and is trying to have this deep conversation. As well he should be. Like, my, my note literally says drunk Carrie is so much worse than drunk Paige. Oh, I don't know. Oh! Ah! <laughs> Fuck you. You haven't even seen Drunk Page in action, especially not the last couple of weeks. Oh, no, but I've heard. I've heard stories. Shut up. <laughs> For me. Let's go get drunk. Let's go get drunk together. Okay. We'll do it after this. No, we won't. No, oh, I'm like, I have $4. Nah, I'm like, I'm totally kidding. Um, but we'll do it soon. Yes, and we'll do it soon. Um, Yeah, I have. I've been a shit show the past couple of weeks. I've done I'm a lot so of bad things. But... But this, is, and this is but this is the problem is that like drunk page is rarely incorrect. Like sober page is usually like fuck you're right. That's that's terrible but you're right. <laughs> so drunk Joe is drunk, very I'm already to the point as it is as a person. Drunk Joe is unapologetic about being to the point. Yes. And there are people who are irritating. I'm like, I don't want to talk to you. You're waking my night worse and I'm not going to do this with you. Mm -hmm. And I'll just go do something else. Or I'd be like, I'm feeling very sad about this certain thing. I'm not like a, I'm not an emotional drunk. I'm just Mm -hmm. very much like, this is what's affecting me right now. Mm. All right, moving on. Boom, got (laughs) things to do. One time I got really, really drunk. Oh, it was for my birthday party. Super drunk, super wild. Someone had slipped me something that I didn't know I was ready for. And then me and one of my other friends were sitting outside and our third friend was, he was like, oh, hey, I'm calling it a night. I'm leaving. And he was in his truck, like rolling out. And that's when we realized he was leaving. And then we're like, me and my friend were like, what the fuck? You can't leave. And as he was driving away from in front of us, we ran to his truck and hopped into the bed of his truck. Oh my God. Because we're like, you, you're not leaving. Oh my God. Because I was God, like, I'm having a great crazy. time and we're all going to have a great time together. It's my fucking birthday. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad that I had my tonsils out and I went home early. That's, that night sounded nuts. That night was like 36 hours. Yeah. Yeah, because I didn't go to sleep and then I go to work the next day and then oh I had another God. show and then oh I went out again. Also, that, that was really fun because I went out with like a friend who like we're we're cool we're friends but we've never hung out like on a personal or intimate level mm-hmm. and then we just got to talking about so many things after a couple drinks and i was like oh i didn't know Damn there was fun. much depth to you that's wild i love that i feel like everybody has something that's interesting to to hear yeah no not a lot there's some people that don't but <laughs> and that's for and john joe would be like mm-hmm. you're not contributing i'm out bye mm-hmm. but then this john joe was like we're gonna, no, we're gonna gonna figure this fucking thing out. Tell me what's going on with you. Who are you? Right. What do you think about? When I see this, what pops up? And then we fucking we fucking talked. And it was it was wild. I liked it. Love it. And then I yeah. finally gotta go to sleep. Drunk page is just whatever sober page was feeling at the time amplified. Like if she was tired at the beginning of the night, she's she's fucking done. 
like a few drinks in, she's like that kid in that video online where she's on the beach and she's just like, I'm going to take a nap right here. I'm just going <laughs> to sleep right here. It's like, that's me. I'll just like, and I'm super introverted, but I don't like telling people that when I'm done with their asses, mm-hmm. so I'll just go to the bathroom and I'll just stay there. I'm a big fan <laughs> of the Irish goodbye. I, yeah, I was too drunk. <laughs> to try and even leave. I was too I was too drunk to to just Irish goodbye and make it home on my own. I just needed a break. Gotcha. So I just hid out in the bathroom until people worried about me. <laughs> there was one time that I drank two bottles of wine because I was I was like I'm gonna do it. I'm just gonna go for it. Fuck it. Because <laughs> I was just feeling a lot that day. Mm. And then like that night, I had messaged everybody that was like affecting me in a certain way. I was like, I just want to let you know that this, 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 oh this is what's wrong with me. And I not necessarily wrong with me, but this is what I'm going through right now. Partly because of how we talked about this, how this came up between us, and blah 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 oh, blah, blah blah. I was fucking on one, and then I ended up throwing up. Oh, it was great. And then I threw up, and I was like, I said what I said. I exercised all these demons for me. I'm ready to take a nap. I feel much better. Yeah, drunk page. Um, drunk text certain people. No. <laughs> no. No, I didn't even have his number. Thank you very much. Um, but no, I there, there are certain people that I will drunk text because they don't listen to sober page and drunk page is angry about that. <laughs> so she literally just opens up her phone and she was like, listen... Listen. They're, they're, these people I have followed on every single social media, but drunk page is like, but bitch, you still have that phone number, and she will drunk text them and tell them exactly how they should be living their life. Good. It's kind of awful yet awesome. <laughs> love, it. love it. Why are you um, gonna call me out on my bullshit? What? Please, I love you too much. You can still call me out. I know I have. I, I I will. PDA. <laughs> How dare you? Yeah, motherfucker. Okay, so, so what's happening now? Um, so next is uh, Charlotte with Buster again. Buster, I hate the way you say that. It's so awful. Buster. He's, he's awful. I hate he's it. He's fine. No, he's gross because. Don't yuck someone else's yum. No, I will. <laughs> that was. So- <laughs> no, I, I will. I said it and I meant it. <laughs> I said what I said. He is exchanging foot rubs for free shoes now, Buster. Hell yeah! Sign me up! No. I need a new pair of Converse. Okay. You know what? No, though. That's gross. He's gross. He literally, literally, they're trying to make, like, the modern day at the time equivalent of, like, the diner scene in When Harry Met Sally, where he basically just fucking orgasmed. He jizzed into his goddamn pants because he was able to give... A, like a foot like rub to her and then like later on he like legitimately like goes all the way with her just trying on shoes. What I hate about the ugliest show shoes ever. Is it everything lives in exaggeration. So I'm like oh, I want to see where this story had been if he hadn't been creepy about it. If he was like a no like I'll give if you <laughs> let me put it with your feet I'll give you free shoes. Yeah. And that was it. But the because they had to end the show, they made him super creepy. He was, like, licking her feet. He was doing all these weird things. He came. So gross. And it wasn't even, like, a subtle. It was, like, a, I'm going to make the ugliest face possible. And be like, yeah. eh, eh, eh. I yeah. nutted. Yeah. And then, and then she's like, oh, I'm creeped out. I'm never coming back. Why? Yeah. Why can't you just Why can't you just arc? not come Let back? Let there be arcs. <laughs> and then, is it time to talk about Miranda's guy yet? 
Um, I don't know the sequence of this because I stopped I, taking notes. See, yeah, I stopped taking the notes because it got it stopped being interesting. Basically, just like they're they're ha- she finally gets him to have sex in a real bed because it's his bed, but his parents are visiting and they walk in and he does not stop and they don't stop looking. So obviously he got it from somewhere. Jesus. They looked a little bit worried, but his thing was that like, oh, we did get caught. Oh, that's hotter. Watching. Yeah. Like, first of all, that's your parents. Gross. Yeah. Super gross. Anybody else? That's fine. And I'm not here to kink shape anybody, but also to don't. Kink shame. Funny, your, parents, your parents don't want to. Your parents don't. No, they don't want it. They, they, they no, don't deserve that. Your parents are better than that. <laughs> and so it wasn't that like a oh he likes doing this fun adventurous thing, and like then he can go home and also have sex in public. No, there has to be something wrong with him in order for them to prove a point. Right, because every episode is the freak show. And it's so... And it's upsetting because I was like, there are real people like this who are probably watching it who are like, oh, and this show just took a chance to just shit on me and what I'm into. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like it. And, and so, these four girls, despite all their fucking flaws, stay the main characters and we still have to be on their side regardless of whatever the fuck they do and all these side people that are far more interested <laughs> are awful. villainized or are ostracized they're so we can be like ooh they're super awful people and I don't like them um I the next note that I have is McDonald's is an apology for anyone before we get there okay because we were talking about Miranda and, or Charlotte and her feet one of my favorite lines from this episode was uh, Miranda, Charlotte, and Carrie are walking down the street talking about whatever's going on in their fucking lives. Mm. And then they notice Charlotte's shoes. And mm. then Carrie's like, oh my god, where'd you get these? $500? Because that's the original price before Charlotte got yep. them for free for the trade. And then Charlotte has to fess up to the fact that she's allowing someone to touch her feet. And she lies too. She's totally like, I, he just held my feet a while. I'm like, but you got a foot rub. Bitch, he fucking nutted on those. Mm. And then Carrie's like, oh, who am I to judge? I had bangs in the 80s. And that was so fucking hilarious to me. <laughs> and I'm gonna use that against anybody. If someone's like, I'm judging hardcore. I'm like, you had bangs. Nah, you had bangs in the 80s. You had bangs off. in the 80s. Don't fucking look at me. <laughs> All right, now we can get back to McDonald's and LaBiche. So, yeah, so she decides to embrace it and try and be cool girl, which is not who she is, um, and shows up at Big's apartment when he comes back with Le French Fries from McDonald's and also Le Big Mac, which she legit said, and I was just like, stop it. And she does filet of fish for some reason, which gross, disgusting. Like, yeah. what do you like? You literally came there to break up, bringing your filet of fish. <laughs> Stop it. And so he, I can't even remember. I can't even remember what he says anymore to make her so angry that she throws the food across the room onto his wall-mounted TV. Oh, oh, here's what it was because it was important the way it was said. Was the fact that Carrie's like, you know what? I've come to terms with it. It's fine. Um, I'll we can spend I can spend a week here and then come back or something. And if I miss you too much, I'll just move to Paris with you. I'll write for my column there and blah blah blah. And then Big's like, "Don't I? Before you do it, do you realize you're doing it for yourself. Don't do it for us." And then Carrie's like, "Why? No Jesus, fucking don't, business. Don't do it for me." Yeah. Yeah. Carrie's like, "Well, what business would I have in Paris if it wasn't for you?" He's mm-hmm. like, and then he said, "Uh." Just don't have any expectations or, don't, or I'm not going to promise anything. Right. I don't want you to. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. that's when she's like, well, what the fuck? What yeah, do you what mean? What are we even doing? Yeah. yeah. What are we doing? If if you're saying that I, if I'm saying that I could move to Paris with you, we could still be together, but you have no promises about 
anything. That and that's where I'm like, I, yeah, I get why she's angry. That fucking makes sense, especially mm-hmm. when she didn't have to take this arc where she was like, I'm come to terms with it. I'm gonna. This is how mm-hmm. I. This is what I can do to make it work. And then Big's just like a, uh, just know that. I don't know. Things may not work out. Right. Like I can't promise you anything or whatever. And that is so, it's so like duality because at this point in my life, like I don't want anyone putting anything on hold for me or trying to do anything for me to that degree. It's just where I'm at. And so I understand where big is coming from, where he doesn't want to be shouldered with the responsibility of making or breaking her entire life. Mm Mm-hmm. But I totally feel for Carrie. Like, that's so fucked up for him to just be like, you know, oh, well, I this is this is totally casual. I just, I'm just looking to, you know, just see if this goes anywhere. It's like, it has been 300 years at this point that they've been together <laughs> in showtime. <laughs> like, it's just, oh, it's so awful. And I feel so, so bad for Carrie in that moment because it's like, when she was drunk, she made a fine point. She was like, I think about us all the time. I think about what would be best for us all the time. And women do that, where they're constantly thinking what would be better, what would he like. And I, the, the perception, of course, from a woman's perspective is that guys never do that. Right. And that's, that's totally fair because I feel like guys are very much on the, this is what I'm going to do and I'll have this life waiting for me. Mm-hmm. Which is upsetting, especially if you are in a relationship that I've come to understand now. It's like, no, if you are in this relationship, especially if there's compromise, especially if it's a you give a little, I give a little, things like that. And for you just to decide, this is what the fuck I'm going to do and everything else is going to be fine. That doesn't work. Yeah. <coughs> it's, yeah, it's hard. My last note is just Big and Carrie's breakup hurts, but it's so truthful, like, so true to life. It was so beautifully, like, done and shot, I feel. This was, this was gorgeous because there was a moment where I was like, I get Big, and then Big turned into an asshole, and there was a moment where I was like, I get Carrie, and then Carrie turned into an asshole. And then when, when it came time for them to have this argument, you could see where both sides were coming from. And it was just them wanting or expecting different things from each other. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, that goes back to the, it sucks when a relationship hurts when you do care about each other because they both said, oh, I love you. It just doesn't work out the way it's supposed to for either person. Mm-hmm. So after, after this fight where Carrie's like essentially like, well, I think that you're afraid of what this could be. So you're trying to distance us. And that means putting a whole fucking ocean between us. And it was beautiful because she was she was right. Like that's exactly mm-hmm. what Big was doing. Big was scared. Big was trying to not get more serious with this relationship. Yeah. He's like, this is just a fun Philly thing that I I do care about her, but it's not a serious thing. And Carrie's like, well, why, why not? Like, do I not matter enough? Mm-hmm. And she has a thing. Um, she has a line that says, "Why is it so hard for you to factor me into your life?" Because mm-hmm. she's like, if you say you love me. Why am I not a part of your decision-making process? Why don't you think of me when you're going to go do these things? Why don't you think about us and not just yourself? And it's super sad. And then she goes back to her house. She's She can't sleep. Big comes over. They don't talk. They just have sex. And then that's when Carrie says, and that's the moment that I knew that it was over. Mm-hmm. And then in the morning, she's sitting away from him in just her bra and panties. He's still in bed. And he's like, no, come back to bed. And she's like, there's a part of me that wanted to go and just forget about everything and just be okay. But I knew that I couldn't because she was stuck and she was like, I couldn't get out of this chair. Mm. And that was stronger than anything. And that's that's the breakup. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. That's the breakup. And then Big leaves and Carrie stays. Yeah. And so I just thought it was like so amazing and poignant and beautiful. And maybe that's just because I had a um, situationship, not a real relationship, but a situationship um, where it was very much like that. Um, where we'd got to a point where we were talking about whether or not we were going to continue with what we were doing or not. And it was, like, so difficult to, like, have that conversation. And I got to a point where I gave a lot of myself to him emotionally. And I'm not the type of person that, like, emotionally shits all over everyone else. Like, I try and keep my neuroses to myself. Um... But I just, like, I I gave him so, so much of myself that I just felt so very exposed. Um, And it seemed to get through to him, and we had sex, and I knew it was the last time. I knew that that was the end, because I couldn't continue to give myself to him like that and not get anything back. And I think that's why this, this end of this resonated so hard with me. Is because it's like, yeah, sometimes you have sex and you know it's the last time. And you know that it's not going to work. Unless you get, you know, two movies. <laughs> so, it's that. Um, like, yeah, so that's the end of the episode. I think that this was a long enough podcast. Probably. I think this was such this a good episode. Gamut. It was. It was. It was like a really, really well done episode. I actually really like it. All I could remember when we first started was the awful, the like shoe, shoe guy, and it was awful. That that part of the episode was garbage. Yeah, no, that part I agree. I can see where <laughs> if that's all you could remember, you'd be like, yeah, this episode's garbage. Right. But and, but that was just so. It was weird because I was not ready for everything that this show, this episode, hit me with. Mm-hmm. So when I was then there was a point where I turned to Paige, I was like, "What the fuck? I thought you said this was a garbage episode." There was yeah. so much happening and so much that resonates that I want to talk about, mm-hmm. and I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad that this was the yeah. comeback from our hiatus. Yeah, I'm glad it was too. There's a lot. There's a there. lot to unpack. Oh, there's super a lot to unpack. Screen names and love and breakups and. It was it was good. It was a good episode. I missed you. I missed you too. This is so great. Uh, and if you miss us, um, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And Instagram, we swear on Chanel. Um, if you want to talk back to us, tell us about your bad dates. Tell us where you stand on. Do you are you on Team Big? Are you on Team Carrie? Obviously, there's gray area. Where do you stand on this situation? Right. You could send us an email. I couldn't help but podcast at gmail.com. Right? And send us your revenge fantasies. <laughs> oh, revenge fantasies. Love them. Um, and, yeah, that's that's it for, for this episode. We will see you guys next week. And we do have a lot of fun surprises coming up for you. So uh, gear up for this, this final stretch of season two. <laughs> <laughs> so um, until next time, always, always wear, wear a condom. condom. Bye. Bye.